Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Get Booked listeners, and welcome to The Hand Cell, a special weekly installment of Get Booked that's all about books we just can't resist shouting about. This is Jen Northington, and today's Hand Cell is Middlemarch by George Eliot, which is a classic and is perhaps not a surprise if you've been a longtime listener from the show. But I just recently read it again, and we're going to talk about it. First, let us hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo. This is one I'm actually super excited about. I liked Lee Bardugo's other adult fantasy books, and so I'm really looking forward to this one. It's set in the Spanish Golden Age during a time of high-stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth. It follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished Spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles. Her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over Madrid's most powerful players, but what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn. Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive, even the help of Guillén Santangel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at LeeBardugoTheFamiliar.com. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so if you are not aware, Middlemarch is one of those like classics of the Victorian, you know, literary canon. And I think it has a reputation for being sort of long and laborious in the way that so many of those books are considered. I mean, it is like almost 900 pages long. So it is not, it is not short. 
But I forgot how funny Middlemarch is. Oh, my goodness. George Eliot is like the snarkier Jane Austen, which is saying something because Jane Austen is already like a snarky delight. But George Eliot is just like taking it to the next level, like dialing the sarcasm up to 11. The asides from the omniscient narrator in this book are delightful. And this is a this I think it actually has a lot in common with Jane Austen and that you do see these young young people in particular like trying to like figure out like how to be in love and have marriages except for that Jane Austen is like committed to the happily ever after and George Eliot not so much. So this takes place in like a you know Midlands town. It's very rural and pa- or pastoral, I guess, is maybe the more correct word. And everybody in town is like, you know, talking about the reform bill. There's like a lot of stuff going on in the government. And some people are like, I mean, they're just like people, though. They're like country people, usually mostly privileged, lots of money or, or titles or both. And so like their opinions about like the working class and labor are like pretty hilarious. Again, George Eliot, full of sarcasm. And we meet these two sisters, Dorothea and Lydia. I believe it's the sister's name. Wait, is that wrong? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Dorothea is an important one. She's very idealistic. She's in her 20s. And she's like super wanting to be of service to the world. But she's had a very limited education and experience. She really doesn't know how to do that. So, like, she's, you know, you start out the book hearing about, like, how she's, like, drawing up new plans for what cottages could be like for the villagers so that they were better. And, like, trying to, like, convince, you know, her uncle, who is a landowner, and also their neighbor, Sir James, who she believes is courting her sister, who's actually courting her. She's, like, very in denial about this, to build these cottages. And... That's like our introduction to Dorothea. She meets this older man who's a minister or reverend, curate, vicar, anyway, man of God, uh, Edward Kasaban, and immediately is struck by him. He's very dignified. He appears to be very learned. He tells her all about this like manuscript he's writing, about this lofty, you know, intellectual pursuit into mythology. And she's like, oh, like, if I marry him... I will get to be part of something bigger and greater and, like, admirable. And so she does. Everybody's like, this is a terrible idea. She does not listen. It does turn out to be a terrible idea. There are a bunch of other characters, including Will, who is Kasaban's nephew, and then a bunch of other people in the village, including this family, the Vinci's, who are in an interesting financial situation, let's say. Um, Mary Garth is probably my favorite character in the whole book. She's fantastic. She's this unassuming young woman who's the companion to this old rich man who is just delights in manipulating everybody around him. She is very no-nonsense and very pragmatic and also, like, manages herself, I think, the best out of everybody in this book. But what I love about George Eliot is she could so easily have decided to make all of these characters absolutely, you know, foolish in the eyes of the reader. But she doesn't. Even the characters who are the most frustrating, like Kasaban, who is just like a dried stick in the mud as far as I'm concerned, she like 
gets what their deal is and why they are this way and how they went wrong if they've gone wrong or like how how they became the people that they are and lets you see that. So she's definitely like poking fun, but she's also really aware of like, despite our best efforts, often we are not our best selves. And what does that look like? And how do we reckon with that and how do we deal with the people around us and like what choices do we make depending on what's influencing us all of these questions are so prevalent in this and I just love it and I knew I liked it I read it a long time ago and was like that was great but it's been so long since I read it that I couldn't remember why I liked it and now I'm just like oh right it's because it's really freaking good like this book is awesome and it just is such an immersive experience. I I think I've mentioned before on the show, I tend to have a bedtime book that's like not, you know, super action-y, not something that's necessarily going to keep me up too late once I'm tired, but I do need to read a little bit to wind down my brain. And this was my bedtime book for, you know, a while this past year. And it was the perfect bedtime book because it's thinky without being so heavy that it puts you right to sleep, but it's also like not a page turner. So you can put it down and come back to it when you're ready. And yeah, if you are like looking to, you know, revisit classics or perhaps you've never read a Victorian classic, like I highly, highly recommend if you like that sly, subtle, you know, skewering of class and religion and politics that you can find in that era, like this is definitely a go-to. Or if you're just interested in like seeing character studies, character, really intense character studies of different kinds of people, also highly, highly recommend. So again, that is Middlemarch by George Eliot. Thanks so much to our audio editor, Jen Zink, who is great. Thank you all for listening. You are also great. We appreciate you. Uh, You can find more book recommendations at bookriot.com. You can also find more podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen. You can email us at getbooked at bookriot.com. You can also review us on Apple Podcasts and now Spotify if you are so inclined. So go do that. You can find us online in between shows. I am on Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. And we will talk to you next time.